The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Ryder Cat. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News Knows Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects we've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Cold Slither Podcast Network. That's cold. That's CSPN US. Do it today. You can also find us on your, on your podcast for a place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast for the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Speaking of Coast, make sure to hit like and subscribe and all that good stuff. Yeah, all that. Speaking of Coast Slither, you can find the uh, the the um, the episode officially on the Hasbro um, YouTube channel. the The episode that started this whole ship, the whole uh, Coast Slither shebang, it is now officially on YouTube. Uh, under, there it under, is under, under, under so um yeah go check that out it's a it's a famous and or infamous episode depending on which side of the aisle you're on anywho um we are going to start off to tonight by uh doing a short very short recap of the first episode of marvel's moon knight on the disney plus Right, it's episode one, and it has only been out for one day, so it's only fair that we not spoil the entire episode mm-hmm. for the people who still have to catch up with this first episode sometime over the weekend. Yep. So, yeah, um, the episode, I believe, is called uh, The Goldfish Problem. Yes, and you'll find that it is one of the weirder titles that you'll see in television because it is, I guess, a microcosm of the entire episode. But at the same time, it's really a tiny, tiny part of what promises to be a very interesting mystery that's going to unfold probably over the first half of the season. Yeah. And I guess the the, the goldfish problem is... is probably has dual multiple meanings in this um um because there is a goldfish an actual goldfish that that shows up in the course of this here show but i mean this mm-hmm. year this episode but also probably has something more to do with the character um than actually i'm probably realizing but regardless i will go ahead and start off and say that um for the most part as i was saying to agent 70 or as he was already well known a lot of the episode 
uh, or as he, as he said, rather, gives kind of context to the stuff that we have seen in the um, in the trailers. The first, up right, the main to, trailers, right. Right, leading up to this here episode. So there's not that totally much that's going to be, I mean, granted, like, like you said, giving context to it, but still a lot of the stuff that's in there, you know, not really spoilers because it was all in, there was nothing that we haven't seen in the trailers that hasn't, that wasn't in this episode. Um, right. So right. I mean, understanding much, it though, that's another story. Well, that's yeah. really where the context is applied. So exactly. But the, this pretty much sets up uh, uh, Oscar Isaac's uh, Stephen Grant in, I guess in uh, London, he's working his job and um, he, we, we, um, Oh, uh, this is lovely that Marvel's doing this, putting names and stuff on the on their uh, recaps now. They weren't doing that before. Anyway, um, oh, you mean like adding the character names? Yeah, I did. I don't yeah. think I ever did this before. That's kind of cool. It's uh, you know, this is an evolving thing. You know, we've 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 struggled at times to find recaps for some yeah. of these shows that we talk about, but at least for the Marvel shows, the Marvel dot com website has done pretty uh, done a pretty good job. Uh, you know, like over time. They've, yeah. it's evolved. That's true. So, That's true. You know, it's cool that we have this. So, and as Roddy Cat was about to say, uh, you know, we start off not knowing what's a dream and what's reality. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out where Stephen Grant fits into all this. And there <laughs> are, you know, episodes of, I mean, at, at least when we start, we're trying to figure out if he is not, uh, you know, if, if he's a sleepwalker, you know, if he's suffering from some sort of sleeping disorder and that's what's you know what's being heavily implied at first but we find out over time that that's not exactly what is going on right and i'm sure somebody's out there for those for someone keeping track no sleepwalker sleepwalker has not been confirmed to show up in uh this uh show that's funny because <laughs> i'm pretty sure somebody would have made that grand sweep of a of a, of a theory Right. Um, and you know what's funny is that just as an aside very quickly yeah. hold on to your thought uh there is a sleepwalker marvel legend out there so oh, you yeah. know you start to wonder you know when they when they start releasing marvel legends of the really obscure figures whether or not they're going to make an appearance in uh the MCU go ahead no nah, I, I think they're just hitting the bottom of the well um actually I probably shouldn't say that cuz I'm pretty sure there's a character that that I <laughs> that that hasn't had to figure out that uh, that um wouldn't be the bottom of the well. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, yeah, like you just said, we see, um, he, we see, uh, Stephen Grant checking on his goldfish. We don't know whether he's asleep or awake. We just found out that he hasn't, he hasn't been sleeping well lately. So he's late for work. Uh, we see him kind of going to work and meeting his kind of a shrew of a boss. <laughs> um, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. Like I said, I don't, you know, though, there's probably more to her than 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 what we've been than what we've come to find out. But she doesn't come off. Let's just say she doesn't come off all that great, uh, right? In the beginning of this, so. But like I said, um, um, yeah, he goes to work. He try to he gives this little kid who who uh, put some trash into this uh into this uh, pyramid so a little bit of history, and then the the, the kind of his boss kind of comes around and's like, hey, you're late and you're not going to be promoted to tour guide, uh, assuming that's what he was trying to do, which I guess kind of was, given a throwaway line. Um, and then uh, while he's setting up at the, the gift shop, doing he this one lady comes along, uh, gives saying that she has a date with him, which apparently he doesn't know about. 
and um, so and I guess we'll get into that. Which, well, we've seen this character in, in, in this stuff, but we'll we'll get to know that character at probably in the next episode. Um, and I guess this next part is the part kind of speeding through this just a little bit. We kind of get the uh, a little bit of the little bit more with him and his boss. Uh, and then he goes to lunch and he's outside talking to his friend. Now, I honestly thought, like Agent Seventy said, I thought this was a statue at first, like a lot mm-hmm. of people did. Apparently, apparently, it was not, and it was uh, it's a dude. Uh, right, it's a street performer. Right, dressed up as a statue, like right. literally with gold metallic paint all over. Right. And it took a while for me to figure out that that was a live person. Right. And we was wondering, like, because at first you're like, why is he talking to this statue? And, like, what is it? And we come to find out uh, in an article uh, that, that was that came out after the fact that this was another major character in, in uh, Steven slash Mark's life uh, that, he's actually, that he's talking to. Um, and I, and I guess it was a point of reflection thinking about that scene. It was like, oh, yeah, because Steve gives himself saying, don't forget the tip. And I was like, well, if it was a statue, you wouldn't be tipping. So, and that was the part that was like, yeah, okay. So anyway, um, so yeah, so we get this whole scene with Crawley, um, which is the dude, and uh, he's um, finding him back home, trying to stay awake, and he's reading, a, uh, listening to a meditation app, messing with a Rubik's Cube, and reading about uh, Egyptology. Um and then all of a sudden we find out he's uh, goes. I guess he goes to sleep. We don't know necessarily. He wakes up on the ground in somewhere in the Alps, not singing the sound of music. Um, <laughs> and I don't know about you, but did the voice like we know who the voice is, but did, did the voice kind of jar you a little bit? Of whom? Of uh, the disembodied voice that 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 uh, that he's talking that that talks to him when he wakes up. That being the voice of presumably of Kanshu, right? Not jarring. It was just interesting. Yeah, like I, yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't know necessarily know what he would actually sound like, but and we know that's F. Murray Abraham that's doing the voice for him. But I don't know, like the the even the cadence of the voice, not the cadence of the voice, the, the way the way he spoke was like, hmm. I wasn't really expecting him to sound like that. But then again, like I said, we, we're just really getting introduced to him, and we still don't know what our what this is supposed to be in the long stream scene, you know, like whether this is the way he's going to be talking to him or, you know, <laughs> this is his way of intro- introducing himself to him or whatever the case may be. So, but anyway, um, Mark ends up getting himself into a little trouble because he's got this scab in his uh, pocket and he ends up, uh, uh, being chased to this, uh, village where we seen some of which in the, um, in the, um, in the uh, uh, trailers, and actually, I forgot there was a little part in the beginning where the Arthur Harrow we meet him, and he's listening to something I can't remember, and crushes up a glass and puts it in the shoe and walks out. But with uh, that part, um, but Mark, I mean, excuse me, Stephen and this Arthur Harrow end up meeting each other, and they exchange words, and Arthur Harrow's looking to to get the uh, the the scarab that uh, Stephen has. And then the right, unbednownst, unbeknownst to Stephen, right, that he has the scarab, right. and you well, know, he, there, he, there's he, a he, bunch of well, yeah, he, there's he, a he, bunch of things that that play out during this episode that we're left to figure out, you know, and we're probably going to figure out in the next episode, right? That, I mean, well, he does that, pull it, problem. he does weirdly pull, he pull it out when when he wakes up, mm-hmm. uh, but then yeah, but then later on, yeah, he's like, oh wait, and the, he you know. 
he, he tries to give it to him but can't because of his body's getting got taken over. But yeah, he's still not sure. He was definitely not sure as to why he had it in the first place. That part is sure. But anyway, and then you see uh, the the chase scene, which was a weird and kind of funny chase scene given the uh, the background music. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You would never expect to hear wham in a, in a chase scene. Yeah, it, it was wake me up before you go. Exactly. So I was like, wait, that was great. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, that was that was pretty great. But also, I was like, all right, this is a weird, uh, uh, is a weird move for a chase scene. But anyway, we get that, and we get you know uh, Stephen going in and out of, I guess, in and out of consciousness and and turning into Mark, which we don't see, the but we just see the um, the ends of. Um, and I'll let you take it from, from after here. Cause, cause, cause this part I'm slightly kind of lost on. Um, right. So where do you want to leave off? So after the chase scene and after, um, I think he wakes up again. Right. So be, so bottom line is that the chase scene involves action that we actually do not see. Right. All well, we see is it. the aftermath yeah. right. of the action. And then, Mark or I mean Stephen Grant wakes up, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, uh and 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 just like uh and just like Biggie said, apparently it was all a dream, or <laughs> was it? Right? Because at this point, uh you know, Stephen Grant wakes up and there's a bunch of things wrong. And what he finds out is that some time has passed, and that time represents whatever he was doing in the Alps. Mm-hmm. You know. His fish has changed. All of a sudden, the fish has two fins. We don't know if it's regrown or what we are assumed. What we're led to assume is that he's actually replaced the fish. The next thing we find out is that he blew his date because he missed the actual day that the date was on with Mm -hmm. that, you know, with the uh, the other, I guess, the tour guide at the museum. So. You know what he what he what he's trying to figure out, and and it's weird in a day in this day and age of cell phones of smartphones that he would lose track of the day. Like you know, once you turn on your phone, you usually see it, especially if it's on like the 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 unlock screen. But you know, sometimes in the rush of things, you just miss that, right? You don't look at it, mm-hmm. and so what ends up happening is that Stephen Grant goes back to his flat. You know, which is what apartments are known at known as in in, in London, mm-hmm. and he discovers that there are some markings on his floor that lead him to discover that there is uh, a piece of furniture he has to move in order to access a panel that's in his ceiling that's loose, and he finds in there some stashed items. One of them is a Motorola razor, the old school <laughs> Motorola razor, and it's white. Of mm-hmm. course, it's white. And he opens it up and he finds that there are 50 missed calls in there from a woman named Layla as well as somebody French. And that's another mm-hmm. Easter egg there that we're probably going to get paid off on later. Um, he finds a key in there and, you know, he call, he, op- he powers up the phone and then actually gets an incoming call from Layla who's trying to figure out what's going on. But she's talking to someone named Mark. You know, she's addressing someone named Mark. She recognizes the tone of the voice, but not the accent. And she asks, why is Mark using an accent? And so uh, since Stephen slash Mark is not giving her any answer, she hangs up the phone. So at this point, uh, there is a voice that he uh, that he hears telling him to stop. And when he is in the bathroom, he sees a reflection of himself. And that reflection is actually uh, the reflection of, um, well, 
himself, you know, talking to himself. That's it's Mark talking to Stephen. But then, you know, at at this point, he runs out out of the hall, uh, out into the hallway, and he sees what looks like a beaked figure. And that beaked figure, you know, the comic fans will know to be uh, Khonshu. Mm-hmm. So again, we find that. Stephen may have been dreaming this whole thing because he wakes up on a crowded bus sleeping. You know, I'm familiar with this feeling of sleeping on your commute on public transportation. So I thought about you right. uh, in, in one of those scenes with that, that first scene where he was falling asleep on, on the other dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've never like done that. that, but that's happened to me. Right. I where someone was falling asleep on me. Mm-hmm. Right. I only fall asleep while I'm sitting down. Or if I'm if I'm standing up, I fall asleep like swaying, but never on somebody. Right. You know, um, I'm generally holding onto a pole, and if I'm falling asleep, I like nod. You know, right. but I won't actually like lean on somebody. Um, you know, but what he sees is that uh, Arthur Harrow has found his way into London while he's on the bus, and that you know that connects us to the earlier. Uh, the earlier chasing and that whole scene in the Alps. So when we get back to uh, Stephen on his way into work, into the, uh, into the museum, uh, he basically runs into Arthur Harrow in the museum and Arthur Harrow kind of gives him his little mini origin story. And mm-hmm. at that point he gives, uh, he, he, he gives his, um, touchy-feely treatment to Stephen Grant and realizes that there's chaos within him. <laughs> you know, I feel oh, like uh, he was pulling a Yoda. He's like, there's, there's chaos within you. Right. <laughs> you know, from, from, from uh, episode one, right? Right. And uh, at this point, uh, Harrow well, six a beastly jackal on uh, Stephen Grant and as he's being chased by this uh, this jackal creature, uh, Harrow asks Stephen to give up the scarab, or uh, or, or the the jackal creature is going to get him. And Stephen Grant makes it into the men's bathroom in the museum, and at this point, he sees in the mirror uh, his own reflection speaking back to him as Mark Spector, and he says, you know, and Mark Spector basically says, "Give me control. I want control." And at that point, he gives it up. And Mark Spector activates what seems to be activates his Moon Knight powers, mm-hmm. and at that point he's able to take on the, uh, the 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 jackal creature, and you know gives him the beatdown that we see in the trailer. And at this point, the episode ends. Right. So here's where I the uh, the other reason why I asked uh, <laughs> Agent Seventy. Well, one, the, this is the reason why I asked Agent Seventy to take this last part because up until that last part where he saw himself in the mirror, well, excuse me, from the time of the uh, when he woke up and found out that he had missed some days to the to the time that he had uh, was talking to himself in the mirror to give up the control. I fell asleep. No, nice. <laughs> so I kind of had my own, um, my own moment with, with, with that. Uh, when I first watched it. Right. I mean, it all depends on what time you watch. Well, that's it. Right. Yeah. It was like, five, I mean, it was like six o'clock this morning when I watched it. Right. I right. I mean, I watched it in the evening on Wednesday night, uh, and a little bit on Wednesday morning, just a touch, you right. know, I, I wasn't able to get in enough, but, um, 
but uh, you know, because there's a lot to it. So I mm-hmm. definitely, I, I definitely watched the watched it in its entirety Wednesday night. So oh, yeah, and I, I had a chance to digest it. Yeah, I plan to watch it again anyway. So, um, <laughs> but like, I was there was nothing that happened that I didn't expect. Like I said, pretty much everything was on the in the. Um, in the um in the trailers pretty much showing up but like i said given given that putting it all together is is what happened here um also we can safely say that yeah the ops thing did happen and you know this is pretty what's pretty much their way of showing um uh steven slash marks um dissociative identity disorder or uh, or some what, what used to be called um uh, multiple personalities so, right uh, now it's dissociative identity exactly. disorder exactly so and that's one way to, which was which i thought was a good way to do it it was like yeah he, he, you know steven wakes up he lost track of time and this and that and the other happened and this and that, you know like obviously if you know the character you kind of you kind of can put that together but if you don't and you just like coming to this character you know uh, uh fresh then you don't necessarily know any of this but it's like okay that's a pretty good way for them to handle um handle this so i'm very much looking forward to the next episode also just to kind of see you know uh what else do you do with it and how they um it, or if they actually uh explain that or not mm-hmm. so but all in all it was a it was a really good episode um i thought it was you know the action was there the you know it wasn't it didn't really linger too long in, in many places i know there are some people who were like yeah just let it be action all the time every day all the time and and that's not exactly how shows of any kind should work. <laughs> like sometimes you got to let it breathe. Sometimes you got to kind of exposition, you mm-hmm. know, this kind of had a good mix of, mix of both. I would think now whether it keeps up this way, we'll see. Right. Uh, and it's only six episodes. So exactly. it's going to be a fairly compact amount right. of storytelling. Right. You know, we're talking about like, you know, basically two and a half movies maybe, or two long movies. So we'll see how this all plays out, you know, given that they do have a little bit of room to tell a story, but not a ton. Right. And I, I would like to believe, because I know I've been watching some some other podcasts or listening to other podcasts and I'm going back to other, sh- listening to, to other shows that have talked about uh, like sp- um, speculations and, and whatnot from shows and in a couple of cases, how they got, how Marvel burned them with, um, WandaVision, which that's not Marvel's fault <laughs> for, for them going rampant speculation, but they, you know, right. but, but people have kind of calmed down on doing too much speculation, which is good to see. Cause you know, people with WandaVision were going bananas with it. Uh, and, and then like I said, and slowly but surely was kind of calming down, uh, with the rampant speculation. Uh, and to be fair, everything since then has kind of haven't given too terribly much with the maybe exception of Loki. Like this one starting off, it didn't really give you too much to go on as far as, just, you know, speculation is concerned uh, or what to speculate on, you know? And, and I mm-hmm. suspect, like I said, next, next uh, issue, episode will probably answer some of those questions given, like I said, like you said, uh, the, the nature of how fast this is going or, or what they got to deal with as far as time. Right. So... But overall, good episode, to, to, to say the least. I'm no, I enjoyed it. I yeah. enjoyed it, but obviously, you know, Roddy Cat's going to have to go back and rewatch the, the the bulk of the episode because he missed it. But yeah, it was only like know. 10 minutes. I, I didn't miss that much. But like I said, the, 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 everything up until then, until to, un, until the that last bit, I, I uh, okay. That's the only bit I missed. Like, uh, so. I got. Um, I got. I mean, but I, mean, I was going to. like I said, I was going to. Yeah, like I said, I was going to um, watch it again anyway. So. 
what you were saying? No, no, I'm just saying at you know at the end of the day that that last bit is is the is the reveal. You know, right. obviously it's in the trailer, but you know that's the that's the uh, the reveal of the the, the whole super poweredness of it all. So we'll right. see how that is actually explained in the rest of the series. <laughs> yeah, I woke up just in just in time to see him see the change or uh, right before the change. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, so, gotcha. All right. Anyway, so moving on. Yes, now we can get into well, I, real quick. So real quick, I'm just going to mention that um, I am caught up on Star Trek Picard. I'm pretty sure um, uh, Agent Seven hadn't had a chance to, to watch it. I am not, yeah. not, not, not. It's I. Um, so outside of, I will definitely say that um, I am sad that I got kind of spoiled on a couple of moments from last week's episode, uh, but they were still good to watch. Uh, um, because there were definitely more nods to Star Trek Four. There, there was definitely another nod to Star Trek Four, and they're come to find out they were putting a lot into this season. Uh, there are some, there are threads that I'm kind of wondering, you know, in, in the span of time, which, I, as far as I know, is only ten episodes. I'm not entirely sure uh, how they're going to bring all that together, because there are some TOS references uh, that are coming up, and this is like a, it's a whole thing. It's still good, but like I said, it was like they, they're putting a lot into this one. Like the Borg Queen, there's some TOS stuff. Um, you know, um, to, obviously time travel and this and that and other, but yeah. So yeah, a couple of good episodes um, uh, to check out if you are so inclined. But now we can go on to the comic books of the week. Uh, and we're going to get started with uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 93, Double Size Issue. Yep, it is a double-sized issue. It is the finale of the Beyond storyline. If you were if you're one of those people who was waiting for this to end, guess what? It is ending. It is ending in this issue. Mm-hmm. We do not have to deal with, you know, some of this stuff for much longer, which is, you know, it's it's a blessing in disguise. You yeah, so, well, uh, we definitely do, but we and we definitely we we definitely don't, but in a way, kind of do if with something they seem to be playing with, right? Right. So the main story is written by Zeb Wells, with art by Patrick Gleason, colors by Brian Valenza, and letters by our favorite lettering Python VCs Joe Caramagna. So the 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 the, the essentials of this opening story, because there are a couple of. Uh, epilogues here. The essentials of this opening story is the standoff, is the face-off between uh, Ben Riley and Peter Parker over um, over the memories that have been erased pretty much on purpose by the Beyond Corporation. And Maxine Danger finds a way to uh, turn that particular situation around so that uh, Ben Riley is uh, uh, faced with. Uh, taking down Peter Parker in order to basically steal back memories that have been erased by Beyond. And Peter does not willingly do so, and that causes a big SmackDown fight. Mm-hmm. Which I remember them saying, like, hey, you're supposed to be able to feel for for one and or both of them at the end of this. No, I don't really still feel for Ben, honestly. Right. Um, right. But... But yeah, but outside of that, like yeah, the, like it was a fairly decent end to this. I'm, I'm I am one of the ones who's glad it's over. Like the the one thing we've proved from this whole thing is that Maxine Danger is really good at her job, 
Right. At, 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 um, well, pretty good at a job. She didn't get rid of the one loose end, but, you know, uh, thanks for the, thanks to the, um, some infantilizing, infantilizing, which apparently comes up twice in two different, um, <laughs> in two different yeah. books this week, which is kind of funny. Yeah, like literally infantilizing. Right. Uh, and I find that kind of in two spider books at that, which is the really funny thing about it, uh, in two different contexts. Um, but yeah, ultimately, uh, it was a pretty good end to this. I thought, um, I will go ahead and spoil and say that Ben's not gone per se. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with this new iteration, iteration with him, but we know he's probably going to come back and Janine being his ride or die is apparently still with him in this. And that whole thing with the slingers wasn't as big a deal as, as I thought it was going to be, but then again, they didn't really have much time to to to, um, to do anything with. So I'm not sure what was the purpose of even putting that part in. <laughs> like, like okay, this sounds like it's gonna. They, they did the whole side thing to set up something, and then it was like, nope, two pages, pew, and out. Mm. So, but yeah, I'm glad it's over. Um, and and unfortunately, you know. As things tend to happen, we we starting off. We we get a, a not necessarily hands of the new art, but they don't necessarily get a break to to where we're starting off with um uh with whatever's going to have next, which I believe is a new number one. Yeah, it's a new number one. Yeah, and uh, we have gotten shades of what's going to happen with that because I think we've talked about it in the past. But like I said, we kind of get the impetus for that. Um, yeah, the transit. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. a it's a weak transition. You yeah. know, it could mean anything. And obviously, you know, we we as comic book reviewers and podcasters do look at solicitations. So we have an idea of uh, how Spider-Man number one is going to start. You know, there's a mystery involved. And that obviously stems from, you know, that little bit here with Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see how that goes in the uh, the new upcoming number one. Yep. Yep. So from there, I guess we can go to the to one of the other yeah, there's this is Spider Week, folks. Um, yeah, there are plenty of Spider books out. I happen to take a look at all of them. Uh, some of them I read more closely than others. Yeah, even one that's ending. Uh, but yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, no, I was kind of surprised about it, but but we'll get to that. That'll, that'll probably get to that one in, in rapid fire. Uh, I guess the next one to go to though would probably be Miles Morales. I mean, the, Miles is this Miles issue is okay. such a weird issue because it's it's um it's you know, I've been reading most of the Spider-Verse stuff. Right. Roddy Cat has not. Right? So, you know, the multi the you know, the uh, the interdimensional oh, the yes. uh jumping with the spider folks is nothing new to me. So Oh, I mean, son of a bitch. But well, I'm not sure Fuck what that's Milwaukee to do, uh, with anything, but yes, I, I while I haven't read the event, I have read some some of the stuff uh, around it and or stuff Fuck you, Giannis. All right. While Ages of Seventy is doing some stupid sports stuff, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about Miles. Uh, it's written by Saladin Ahmed, pencils by Christopher Allen, inks by Christopher Allen and Victor Alizaba, um, Scott Hanna, also color artist David Curiel, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit and Ariana Mayer. Uh, which I did. did uh. So yeah. So the, basically, the the long and short of it, this is starts off with. Um, I mean, this is basically the intro point to to Miles's uh, multiversal uh, trip, 
and he and he and Schiff ends up taking trips into different um, multiversal points, including uh, Saladin Ahmed's uh, Exiles run, which I did read. Um, and, uh, we get to, we see uh, Spider Ham for a minute, for a second, and of course, you can't have a multiversal uh, adventure uh, if you don't go through zombies, because <laughs> apparently you have to go through zombie through the zombies world at some point. Which is which is kind of silly, um, but at the end of this uh, end of it, we get to see the reemergence of an old uh, um, Miles villain, uh, and that being, um, I guess that would be the, the the Miles of this Earth, or the Miles of the six one six. I guess technically, that that is who that was, right? Who, uh, if, if I remember correctly, Tegan. The, the the person at the end was ba- is basically the Miles Morales of six one six who ended up being a supervillain. Right, he's the one that basically becomes the new version. Takes on the code name of Ultimatum, which is right. the uh, you know the the bad guy um, uh, organization, right. and you know takes that on. You know, basically taking on uh, a lot of the. Uh, abilities and powers and, 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 and paraphernalia from the ultimate universe. Right. Oh, also, and this is the other book that we referenced earlier where the, where infant, uh, <laughs> infantilizing <laughs> comes in because the, there was, a, there was the whole scene with, um, when Spider-Man, uh, a uh, spider ham, excuse me, um, shows up and, and, and greets miles and, and that word is being used again. So that was kind of funny. Overall, like I said, yeah, it was kind of weird, but it was it was interesting. We we found out that Shift has more layers to him than uh, than we actually knew, or that we and Miles actually knew. So um, I'm not sure. I, I'm assuming this is probably going to be like a four or five issue arc, given that it's a it is a, an arc in, indeed. So um, I don't know. We'll see what what goes what's going on with this um, as it goes. Uh, was there a particular Spider book that you wanted to? No, I'm not in the mood. Feel free. All right. Um, I guess Silk number three, I thought it was pretty good. Um, uh, actually, it was a potential click of the week for me. Uh, it is written by Emily Kim, uh, art by Takeshi Miyazawa, uh, colors by Ian Herring, and letters by BC's Ariana Mar. So, um, basically, part of the book is, is like, well, you know, after the events of, of last uh, issue and the, the team up with Luna Snow, the, the, um, Cindy Moon, aka Silk, is trying to still figure out how to get her get her life together, or, or find out about you know find out where her life is heading, and, and I'm sure some of us can relate to that. But it comes to down to um, one of J. Jonah Jameson's rant who kind of, and a talk with a friend of hers who kind of uh, puts her on the road to at least solving one of her issues. And that is, or at least, or, or at least how to find this uh, particular bad guy that uh, has uh, been uh, plaguing her in the last couple of issues which leads into a fight and ends in uh ends up uh not going quite well for uh silk in a certain way uh in fact we get uh, a new version some would say a new version of silk that belongs in a in a in a future time very very early 
in the form of old lady silk. And I, I will say that as much, but there's, um, a, a pretty good, there's a pretty good, interesting, um, talk about social media and influencers and followers and, and, and that kind of stuff that I enjoyed in, in the course of this, uh, industry issue and the understanding or not understanding of, of vloggers, which I guess, you know, even as a podcast or like, a, you know, even though I'm a, of a, of a certain vintage, I don't understand some of some, some of the ways of the younger folks in this blogging thing. And, uh, but, uh, Emily Kim seems to have nailed the, uh, the, um, the, the pulse of it <laughs> pretty well from what I could tell. So that's what made this, uh, this particular issue, uh, enjoyable for me. So, yeah. Uh, I think this is what three or five, if not mistaken, five or six. I can't remember because I don't know. This is not a um, this is not a um, ongoing. Uh, it is not an ongoing. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, ongoing series, which is sad because, like I said, I like Silk and uh, the um, the creative team has been doing pretty good work. Yes, three or five. So. There we go. Is that what it says on uh, I'm looking on at Diamond? Uh, this is what it says on Amazon. Oh, okay. I was about to say I haven't seen it on. It's not. It doesn't list it on Comic List. So, right. um, but I, but I do I, know. That's it, what I'm yeah, but I do know it, it. We have seen things where it said it is definitely not an, an ongoing. Um, right. It, yeah, I mean, that's how they've broken up the last couple of Silk series. Right. So it's not a surprise that it's uh, that it's a limited series. Right. So, but anyway, uh, we can go to rapid fire unless you got another book you want to. Nope. Okay. Rapid fire. Spinning it up. I ain't got time to bleed. All right. Wait, do you, well, it looks like I got more, you have more books than I do. So I guess I will go ahead and go. Um, starting off with Aquaman number two. Uh, script by Chuck Brown and Brandon Thomas. Pencils by Sammy Basri. Uh, inks by Vin- Vincente uh, Cifuentes, I guess. Uh, my apologies if I messed up your name. Uh, colors by Adriano Lucas. And letters by And World Design. Oops. Uh, so, yes, yeah, this is the team up between uh, Arthur Curry and uh, Jackson Hyde. Unfortunately, unbeknownst to Jackson Hyde, uh, Black Manta is also in this team up, and he's none too pleased. Uh, and Jackson is none too pleased to have his father uh, there because you know Black Manta, if folks not not knowing, is uh, pretty much one of uh, Aquaman's greatest villains. Uh, but uh, apparently, they uh, he uh, and Arthur are working together, like I said. Uh, Jackson had some issues with that in the beginning before he stormed off and, and called a, a family moon, uh, meeting because he thinks that you know something's wrong with Arthur because of the fact that he's working with um, uh, Black Manta. Uh, meanwhile, Arthur and Manta basically are um, trying to deal with the, um, the cause of some other random or seemingly random issues that have been happening in other places. Uh, while Jackson goes off to interrogate uh, Ocean Master, who do- apparently knows a little bit about what's going on, but um, you know doesn't want to give up the, the the goods until Jackson starts doing some blood bending, 
uh, fans of the Avatar, uh, Avatar Class Airbender knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, next up, uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight number one. Pardon me, folks, while I'm writing this down. Uh, so, yeah, this is a new uh, miniseries in the world of the... Um, it's a, a, it is under a DC Black Label at this point, now that I think about it. But it is Elseworlds, um, Elseworlds story. But it is one that I've been enjoying following uh, every time I've seen one of these books. And apparently there's another one coming, uh, thanks to something that gets set up in this issue. Um, script and art by Sean Murphy, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by And World Design. And this is also another click, uh, potential click of the week. So, if the title suggests anything to you, Batman Beyond pretty much comes into play here. And that means the suit and Terry McGinnis, um, who we see at the beginning of this, who is working with someone uh, to... Uh, uh, find a particular suit that uh, Bruce Wayne owned owned or um, at one point in time. And that ends up, of course, being the Batman Beyond suit, which he, which Terry does get away with. And we've come to find out that this person is Derek Powers, who has been doing some shenanigans since uh, Bruce, World, Bruce Wayne has been locked up uh, this whole time. Bruce Wayne has been pretty much in, um, trying to be a model model. Uh, uh, prisoner uh, up until this point because once he finds out that this particular suit um, is um, out there and the fact that Gotham is now pretty much almost in the same situation as Future State got him into with um, um, uh, armored cops and uh, on one side and the cops on the other and the regular cops on the other side like this thing definitely has some some Future State vibes to it and it was like I don't know if that was intentional or not uh, but we also see um, a little quote-unquote bonding between Bruce and Jason Todd and some other stuff going on with Harley and her kids because some time has passed since the events of the last mini uh, miniseries that was set in this world because her kids are grown up and one of them's more like her than not. Uh, and that whole thing with Jason Todd, like I, like I said previously, kind of sets up another miniseries that's going to be coming out uh, at some point soon, but... I'm not sure weird, but they definitely said it in the course of this book. Uh, but overall, this is um, this sets up uh, Bruce Wayne to kind of uh, get out of jail to kind of deal with the issue, um, you know. And uh, we'll see what happens going forward from there, and maybe even mending more bridges that he that he has uh, burnt over the time. Uh, my next book, Shadow War number, excuse me, Shadow War Alpha number one. I know Agent 70 said that I could spoil this for him, but I probably, I won't. Uh, he kind of thumbed through it, so he kind of knows what's going mm-hmm. on. Go ahead. So, oh, I'm not going to spoil it for other people either, but um, but that's why I took something out of the uh, the news in it for, for that particular reason. Matter of fact, I can take another one out for that. Bless you for reasons also. But uh, it's written by Joshua Williamson, pencils and inks by Victor Bogdanovic, uh, inks by Daniel Henriquez, colors by Mike Spicer, and uh, letters by Troy Pateri, not of ALW apparently, or at least it doesn't or it didn't say anyway. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so um, 
So yeah, Shadow War is pretty much the culmination of the, I guess, the Bat books and Deathstroke because we've seen some stuff going on in Deathstroke. We've seen what's going on in, in the pages of Robin. All um, Robin also being written and Deathstroke also being written by Joshua Williamson. Uh, I don't know. I think he might have done a, been doing some Bat books. I can't remember if Joshua Williams writing those also. But regardless, um, as I told Agent Seventy, this there are shades of when Captain America died, um, because there is a death in this the pages of this of a some would argue a major villain or a character, but um, you know. But things have things from other books supposedly have been leading towards this, uh, which leads, um, let's say, uh, some rallying of the troops and some tears and some bonding between characters who haven't seen each other in a while. And it's a pretty decent setup, including the kind of sort of swerve, because you think someone did it because that person showed up, but um, and did the deed. But that person was also set up. So it's a, it's a little bit going on. So this is going to be a three-way or three or four-way thing going on with this Shadow War thing um, as to find out who's behind it. My money is on Lex Luthor because he does show up in the, in the pages of his book in like one panel. But, you know, you can pretty much put that on anything in the DC universe. Uh, let's see... But yeah, that's it. It was pretty good. Like I said, if you've been keeping up with uh, Robin and Deathstroke, uh, recent books, um, def- definitely some of this is uh, will be of interest to you. Let's see. Uh, Spider-Woman number 21. Also another potential collector of the week. Cause, and also, sadly, the last issue of this book. Um, it's written by Carla Pacheco, art by Perry Perez, color artist Frank Darmada, letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So, um, last issue set up, uh, this pretty much Jess's own version of the Sinister Six that is called the Iraq Nine, if I'm not mistaken. Um, based on a, a, a bunch of people past and more present that she has fought, um, over this last couple of volumes, and like I said, there's at least one from her past dealings, from way of past dealings that show up. And this whole issue is one big knockdown, dragdown fight between her and all of these folks. Um, right, people who I've, I've read this book, it, people who generally would pass the lowest level of muster <laughs> when you're talking about a Jessica Drew rogues gallery, basically. And like I said, most of it's most of it's newer people. Like I said, the one older folk, the the folks older ones still, like Agent Seven said, it's kind of passes muster. Um, but Barely yeah. passes muster, yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, like I said, it was a big knockdown, dragdown uh, fight between uh, them and her, and uh, a couple of other people. And you could tell Carla Pacheco had a lot of fun scripting this because, like, between. Uh, some stuff that shows up, um, including a, a dinosaur with uh, with Gatling guns for arms, to uh, a footnote conversation that she and the editors are having, uh, which was which was pretty funny. And, and right, you know, some some fourth, definitely. I was about to say, uh, hold on to your thought. That was some serious fourth wall breaking, right? Yes, there. it very much was, and and a lot of it was done like. This, like I said, you could tell she was. They were having fun with this one, just to kind of go out on, and just 
to this extent anyway, because like there was a lot more here than has been done in the past, but that definitely has been done in the past. past. So I enjoyed reading this book. I'm kind of sad to see it go, but you know, it, it, it went out as, as fun as it came in. I think um, that being the case, um, I don't know if they're ever going to come back on the one thread that they were su- supposedly getting on to next. And that was the, the Medrapore stuff. But um, who's to say? Um, and the last book that I have, um, which I guess I barely thumbed through before we had a chance to to uh, start recording, was Iron Fist number two, uh, written by Alyssa Wong, penciled by Michael Ig, or I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, it, it's definitely not just YG and Sean Chin, uh, inks by Michael Ig and uh, Victor. I was trying to find a pronunciation of that. I promise, folks, before the show, and I, I couldn't really find a good one. Um, Victor Alazaba, uh, colors by J. David uh, Ramos, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Uh, did you read this? I did. Go ahead. Okay. The only thing the only thing I remember from from skimming through this book is that um, the new Iron Fist and uh, who is Lin Lin Lai uh, of Swordmaster fame, quote unquote, uh, and uh, Min Mei, uh, not Min Mei. That's uh, Robotech. Uh, yeah, I was about to say that's <laughs> another character. Every time I see her name, I keep thinking Min Mei from Robotech, and I'm just like, I got, I got to stop that. <laughs> She's gonna sing a song for us next. She actually did sing a song during the course during the. Um, yeah, she was mouthing some Korean lyrics, some right. like, Korea, like a K-pop song. Actually, it I think Luna it was supposed to be a Luna Snow. It yeah. was, yeah. So, and they were trying to get, they were in this area of Shanghai, tr- trying to um, get rid of some of the shards. Uh, apparently, Daughters of the Dragon and um, uh, 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 Danny Rand show up, and Luke Cage all show up. Which, by the way, happy 50th anniversary to Luke Cage. <laughs> uh, there's an article in the the. Um, um, show notes about that in the clickbait section. Uh, but yeah, so they're all talking about Lin Lai and, and I guess how Danny's uh, feeling about that. But of course, Danny's going to get involved, you know, uh, one way or another, because, you know, that's kind of how it is. Um, and that's pretty much the most I can forget. I think the rest of it is in, it is in um, Kunlun with, um, with uh, Lin getting some more uh, training because his powers keep going in and out before Swallow kind of shows up, or maybe that's a sparring section. Actually, that's not. Actually, that's uh, someone who also was trying to be the, the Iron Fist who's got beef for, for this new kid getting the uh, powers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, next, yeah, Swallow shows up, and some other things happen, and there's still some... Um, uh, there, there's, a, <laughs> there's an anime villain that shows up at, near, at the end of it. So, who in true anime family f- fashion is uh, probably related to uh, Lin? Yeah, yeah, no, they, 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 it's actually made explicit. Yeah, I'm looking in at the, the last page the now. Page, so you're so. right. So, yeah, there you go. True anime fashion. There you go. I have, like I said, I'll probably go back through this uh, and read it fully. But I, like I said, I just kind of skimmed through it before we had before we started um, uh, recording. But that's at the end of the books for me. I don't know if you had anything else to say about that. 
No, no, that's it. There's not much to it. You know, I, I was glad that they did a little bit of a training montage there because yeah. obviously that is the big knock against Lin Lee mm-hmm. uh, in this case because, you know, the tradition and they, they bring it up in the story. The tradition is that you have to go through X number of steps to even get to face Shu Lao, right. the undying, you know, to gain the power of the Iron Fist. And he just is given it. And right. so everyone is you know, absolutely pissed off about it. And they're, I think they're right to be yeah. because who is this Lin Lee moron? You know, that's kind of why I'm just like, I, 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 I'm hesitant to support this book because, well, you know, okay. because of the way they're playing it off with this moron. So, right. But I'm willing to give it a chance because I feel like they're, while he's starting off with him, I feel like they're going to go somewhere I, and they'll probably disappoint me with this, but they'll, I feel like it's going to go elsewhere with it. You know, like maybe he he has it now, but it won't have it for that long. Like you'll have it for the time, but then I I I think they're going to bow to the pressure of giving it to an Asian character, even though we have Shang Chi running around as the master of kung fu, which they failed to name him as the master of kung fu in this book because they're like, well, our kung fu is pretty good too in in Kunlun, right? You know, I kind of laughed at that, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think I do remember reading that, or like or like we've established before, Pei, who is actual uh, an Iron Fist. You know, actually held but, uh, all right but you anyway. know moving on to moving on to the books i have for rapid fire captain marvel number 37 is written by kelly thompson with art by julius ota color art by ruth redmond and letters by vcs clayton cowell so this is um a, a fun little read with you know with a lot of guest stars mainly um uh, Monica Rambeau, which is uh, where Roddy Cat's interest will come in, but also the new binary character who, without spoiling things, has become an entity unto herself as the result of uh, uh, events of recent issues. And so part of this issue is really about helping binary, this new binary separate character, find her place in the world and part of that is with a road trip to you know across america ending up in where else you know where else are they going to be able to have an all-night dance party with captain marvel spectrum binary she hulk Lori l jessica drew spider woman and hazmat but las vegas and so it is a ton of fun for them it's an interesting read I had a good time reading this. You know, it's it's an interesting kind of it's not a filler issue. It's definitely a transition issue because they're just coming off of this big interstellar um, uh, uh, story with uh, that involved the, the the creation of this separate binary character. And now they're putting um, Carol back into space while I guess they're going to leave some of the spotlight on the binary character as a major supporting character in this book. Next so, up wait, before is, you I'm sorry before you go any further um how many episodes do you have I mean how many issues do you have to read if you uh want to know about this binary character a few a few oh, okay. I think you have to go back at least four or five issues gotcha okay I mean they read quickly you know and we have access to them you know sure. we have our review copies so it it won't take long but it'll be you know a number of issues that you have to flip through right i mean for what you I, said I, about this I, I want to say i think it's at least 4 maybe 5 right for what you said about this run it's been off and on pretty good from what from what i remember you've reading so Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I check in on it once in a while. Gotcha. You know, okay. because it actually is. You know, the 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 comics are good. 
you know, but if 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 it loses my interest, I might skip a uh, skip a month. You know, we we're spoiled, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah. by the fact that we do get these review copies. Because if this were the case where I would have to review what I'm buying, there would be a lot fewer books we'd be talking about. Next up is Ghost Rider number two. It's written by Benjamin Percy with art by Corey Smith and Brent Peoples. Roberto Poggi, Oren Jr., and Brent Peoples are on inks. And Brian Valenza is the colorist with VCs Travis Lanham on letters. So uh, Johnny Blaze has kind of reverted back to a certain form, which is the hard-traveling writer in this case, in this issue, because the first issue found him kind of trapped in a nightmare uh, existence that, uh, you know, that, that he fought his way out of this issue finds him, you know, on the road and encountering the supernatural while he's being pursued to a certain extent. And the pursuit does reach, it uh, does get a little closer by some supernatural FBI agents. And, uh, bottom line here is this is, uh, you know, it's implied that uh, Johnny Blaze's time as uh, the king of hell still is having uh, ramifications on his current adventures. But it's it's kind of unclear how it might be, you know, how this might be related. There is a nightmarish a uh, 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 devilish creature in this that looks very much like a rancor. It's kind of funny to see that uh, the character, you know, that this uh, that this uh, creature is very much inspired, appears to be very much inspired by rancor. But, uh, you know, that is, you know, just the second issue of this series. I'm willing to give it a, a little time to develop because I, I, I'm curious to see what Percy does with um, with the Johnny Blaze character now that, you know, we're really dealing with one ghost rider who rides a motorcycle. You know, Danny Ketch is, is, a, is a wholly different character now. And Robbie Reyes is running around as the, uh, the, uh, the ultimate ghost rider driving a Dodge Charger. So, uh, you know, it, I'm, I'm still kind of interested to see what Percy does with Johnny Blaze. Next up is Hulk number five. This is part five of the Smashtronaut story. It's written by Donny Cates and drawn by Ryan Otley, inked by Cliff Wraithburn, uh, colors by Frank Martin, and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. So I don't think Arati Cat is up to date on this, correct? Yeah, not Well, yes, I haven't read this particular issue, but yes, I am up on it. Oh, you're up on this, up to this issue. So yes. I won't spoil this issue. There is a lot of smashing involved. Obviously, it is a Hulk issue. There is so much smashing in this alternate universe. You know, this is another multi, you know, multi-dimensional, alternate dimension variant type of uh, of story being told. You know, if if um, if. Uh, if what if and Loki didn't prepare you for variants, you know, guess what? The current Marvel comics uh, that are being published are definitely knee deep in the multiverse. This is just one aspect of it being explored, that being the Hulk, uh, a version of the Hulk multiverse. And there is some pretty cool, there's some pretty cool visuals in this. And I look forward to hearing what Roddy Cat has to say about how this story ends on a minor cliffhanger. So next up for me is Hulk Grand Design Monster. So this is a Jim Rugg production. 
and um, it is in the vein of uh, X-Men Grand Design by Ed Piscor. It is a pretty fun read because I'm so familiar with certain parts of this book, much like the X-Men Grand Design, but a lot of these panels are basically, you know, reinterpreted from things that I grew up loving to read. And it basically goes from the introduction of the Hulk all the way to Hulk 300, which is a very close, you know, I I have a very close affinity with that issue because uh, I I just definitely loved that, you know, the, 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 the savage Hulk rampaging through New York with no care for what he did to any of the heroes. So, um, I, I know I've talked about that issue before here on the show, but, um, you know, it was just a lot of fun and I, I, I definitely think it's worth it for Roddy Cat and for anyone else listening and watching this to take a look at, uh, Hulk grand design monster. Number one, it looks like it is the first issue of, I'm not sure of how many, uh, to be honest, um, I don't see it here on comic list. It may be on the Penguin website or or Diamond. Hmm. But at the end of the day, this takes us through Hulk 300. And, you know, I would presume that there might be two more issues to cover the rest of the Hulk history to date. Right. That's, that's just a guess on my part. That's pure speculation. On and I think part. that's kind of how uh, X-Men Grand Design did also, if I'm not mistaken. Shout out to Ed Pitscore for starting for starting that, uh, that whole thing. I did skim through this while you were talking. And yeah, it does right. look... I'm definitely going to go back through it because it, it does look fun. I do... I've liked these, uh, the Grand Design books. Or at least this one and that one. Because I don't know if it's been... There was that one and there was another one that came out. Right. There was another... Like, there was... There was um... So there was the X Men, obviously that was the Piscor one. Right. There was the next one was I forget who did it, but I it, it didn't it didn't call to me. It didn't. Right. It, I, I wasn't. It didn't appeal to me. Right. So this one this one definitely appeals to me. So I'm going to uh, keep up with it. Next up is Immortal X Men number one. This is definitely a candidate for click of the week for me. I would definitely recommend that Roddy Cat read this book. Because it, this is not like some of the other tie-in books that have sprung out of what is the new X generation called? I the, think it's the, like Destiny of X. Destiny of X, right? And, and 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 prior to that, there was another one, and you know some of these books have come and gone, but I think Immortal. X-Men will will have a little bit of staying power. It's written by Kieran Gillen with art by Lucas Wernick, colors by David Curiel and letters by VC's Clayton Cowell. So much of this book is told from the perspective of Nathaniel Essex aka Mr. Sinister. And there is just a lot you could tell Gillen is having a ton of fun writing Sinister's dialogue, as well as detailing some of the political machinations that are happening in and around the Quiet Council as changes come in the wake of the resurrection of Destiny and what has been revealed as a result of Moira McTaggart. And there is a big reveal at the end of this issue that does tie into Moira's story, which is why I'm uh, telling Roddy Cat that he should read this book this week because um, there is there are hints that uh, Sinister has far more to do with what may come along 
uh, you know, w- w- with what may help resolve this, you know, uh, uh, Krakoa era of the X-Men. Uh, they actually they actually do make some snide comments about Utopia, you know, about the Utopian time. You know, they they compare they they, they call Utopia just a, a rock as opposed to a full island, uh, which is not how they treated it before when they were in the Bay of you know when they were in the uh, when when they were in San Francisco Bay. But uh, I definitely recommend uh, this book. It is uh, a clear candidate for Click of the Week for me. Uh, so we talked about the rest of my books so that is it for me clicks of the week clicks of the week and by the way that Hulk according to Amazon uh, that Hulk grand design is two books oh it's only two okay yeah because that's just based on how much uh, I guess based on how much room they had how much uh, story they had covered in this first issue Right and yeah, and like we said, I think I'm pretty sure uh, X Men Grand Design was uh, was a similar also. No, uh, I think Grand Design was like four issues because they had so much to cover. You sure? You know, because uh-huh. there was like X Men, X Factor. You know, there was like a mix of like other things that were thrown in there. Mm, X Men definitely had like I think I want to say four issues. I collected it. I can I can look that up right now. Okay. Well, while you're doing that, I will go ahead and say that we did get a couple of. Um, um, clicks of the week from our absentee hosts. Uh, Dirt says that uh, his is, or at least by proxy, Sonic the Hedgehog to the official movie prequel uh, because his son was into it because of the new movies coming out uh, next month. Which, wow, yeah, it is the last day of, um, it's, it's the last of March, folks. Uh, he says it gives full reveal of the look of Knuckles and the backstory of Tails. Uh, anyone looking forward to the film should check it out. And it's pre quill as in as in pen quill or Peter Quill. Q uh Q U I L L because you know but right. boom. Um and for Tim, his is Immortal X Men. Uh that also, yeah, so which I not that big a surprise. We know Tim is a big X Men fan and uh, from what Agent Seventy is was is talking about this issue, it sounds like it's going to it sounds like starts on a pretty good note. So, cool. You got yours? Yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to second uh, Tim Dog 98 on that and go with Immortal X-Men number one. I really did enjoy reading this book and can't... Um, and, and, and can't stress enough that uh, I think this is going to be vital to uh, figuring out where this Krakoan story is going to go uh, moving forward. You know what's funny is that the X-Men Grand Design books... The total is what was, I think, throwing us off. Okay. Each volume was two issues the way Roddy Cat remembered it, but there were three volumes, right? So there was oh. Grand Design, Extinction Agenda, and then uh, Second Genesis. Wow, I don't remember the other two. Right. So, you know, because they covered it through the 90s. Right. So that's why, that's how, um, that's how it, it, it followed. Uh, let me... Let me pull that up again. I actually had to close my phone. I was getting some messages. Um, right. So, yeah. So, it's volume one, and then it goes to second Genesis, and then Extinction Agenda, uh, Grand Design Extinction. So, it was a total of six issues that covered the X-Men story, but Roddy Cat was correct in that they came out in these two volumes, these two issues per volume. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I so just remember. I, I just remembered as the total because I I was collecting. I was like, wait, there's more. Right. Yeah. So I don't remember them being that many books because um, I knew I definitely got the first that uh, that first set. 
Um, okay. So for myself, I'm going to go with, um, actually I had a, a couple of good ones, uh, or at least I had a couple of candidates like that. Like I said, so number three, uh, Batman Beyond of White Knight, uh, was actually pretty good, but I think I'm going to go with Spider-Man number 21 because it was just fun. Like it was just like, it was like, we're going to go out on this book. We might as well just throw everything out and just, just have fun with it. And they, and it shows, um, with this issue. Sorry to see it go. Cause I, like I said, I enjoyed this volume cause it was, it was indeed fun, uh, with everything they were doing with it. Uh, but, um, all things must pass to get pass, I guess. Uh, and that is it for our books. Uh, we're going to go into the news section, but first an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Funko, Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And we start off with cinematic news, as we do about this time, with Morbius director talks about uh, Spider-Man's existence in the movie's universe, because they really want us to know that Spider-Man ex- exists <laughs> in the way that Venom apparently didn't, didn't apparently um, do. So, um, yeah, according to the film's director, who was asked about Parker's existence, and he gave a little soundbite, saying, of course, I mean, in almost every, in almost all Spider-Verse, or, you know, the universes that exist in the Marvel Universe, if you read the comic books, the whole idea uh, of that kind of the Marvel string theory, if you would call it that, um, it's very, it's very related to, if you remember the alternate sign films, I don't remember that. Regardless, he's basically saying, yeah, apparently there was a Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Uh, in this world in a roundabout way. So, and I, I guess that, that there was a Seinfeld quote having to do with DC, some DC thing in there, which I'm not going to go into. Next. Production on Black Panther Wakanda Forever has finally wrapped, according to social media posts from key crew members of the Marvel sequel. Filming first began on the film in the summer, continuing through November, and then taking an extended hiatus, partially due to actress Letitia Wright recovering from an on-set injury. So after many months, though, it would appear production is finished on the sequel. As noted by the Black Panther Wakanda Forever News Twitter account, Academy Award-winning costume designer Ruthie Carter was among those who confirmed the conclusion of filming. Okay. Cool. So I guess yeah, and they got posts coming then. Uh, next up, um, Obi Wan Kenobi will premiere with two episodes on day one because it got pushed. Uh, that, that's kind of slightly barren to leave with that title, but it's fine. So yeah, episode one has been delayed by two days, but no, but um, we'll get two episodes to watch when the show launches on Disney Plus. Uh, announced in a message from star Ewan McGregor, episodes one and two uh, of the show, not the movies, will now be released on Friday, May 27th, instead of the original May 25th date. 
uh, while the show... Which is funny because now we've gotten used to Wednesday releases, but go ahead. Right. Well, but, well, it's still going to be Wednesday releases because the episodes after that are going to be added on Wednesdays. That's funny. Yeah, so I guess... I guess they didn't want to push the... Uh, uh, they didn't want to push the date a week in, uh, for whatever odd reason. So, yeah, so we're getting two two episodes instead of one. And then another one the next <laughs> the next Wednesday after that. So, go figure. Um, that's it. Next. Next. Uh, Batgirl's Leslie Grease celebrates the end of filming, and so does the DCEU's Black Canary. So they ex- they celebrated the final week of filming the DC Extended Universe movie. Uh, they posted to Instagram. So, uh, you know, good for them. Yeah. Oh, also, sorry, going back on that... Um, 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 uh, overwhelming thing. Uh, it did say something about that the show is going to be uh, premiering around the time of Star Wars celebrations, uh, which is uh, the one of the Star Wars uh, uh, conventions over the week. So there's probably some other stuff going on with that around that. Um, yeah. Uh, DC's Blue Beetle rumored to introduce a new villain. Matter of fact, I'm going to take these next couple because they're all related. Um, DC Blue Villain Film rumored to introduce a new villain with a surprising name. Um, and I believe, yes, the next one is the uh, the cast. I don't know, I thought I'd taken the, the first one out. But um, Sharon Stone is going to be cast as the main villain role, uh, whose name is Victoria Code, uh, Cord, excuse me. Um, so, and this, that was according to the rap. So that's what she's going to play. Uh, little is known about Cord, but uh, she shares a name with Ted Cord, which is you know the original Blue Beetle. Or uh, actually, wait, that's not the original. That's a a version of Blue Beetle. I don't remember the Blue Beetle right. is a, is a blind spot in my DC history, as 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 much as things are. Um, but previous reports about Blue Beetle claimed that Cord will be one of the two villains in the film, and that the second being Conrad Carapax, uh, the Indestructible Man, according to this. And I guess going along with that, I'll take this next one. Also, because Mayan's MC star cast as Blue Beetle Films sentient robot supervillain. So also according to the rap, uh, Raul Max Trujillo uh, will play Conrad Carapax, Carapax the indestructible man, uh, along with uh, Sharon Stone's Victoria Code uh, Cord. And there's not much more uh, information about the character outside of that that was given. Next. This you. All right. No, I know. I'm looking for the story. I'm scrolling. All right. So we're up to uh, The Flash. Flash. Mm-hmm. Ah, of course I'd get this moron. The Flash's Ezra Miller charged with discon, disorderly conduct, and harassment over a bar incident. So this idiot was arrested in Hilo, Hawaii, on charges of disorderly conduct and harassment. According to a police report filed by the Hawaii Police Department, Miller was at a bar yelling obscenities at visitors singing karaoke. They then grabbed the microphone from a 23-year-old woman singing karaoke, uh, that is the discon, and later lunged at a 32-year-old man playing darts, that's the harassment. The bar owner asked Miller to calm down several times to no avail. Bail was set at 500 bucks, which Miller paid before being released. What a moron. Yeah, and I think the uh, I saw another article about the couple. Um, 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 yeah, like she was crashing with them or something stupid like that? Uh, no, the, 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 the article I saw was that uh, they put a um, restraining order on, on him. Oh, that too. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, like you said, this moron. We don't know nothing to be said about that. Sad news. Uh, Superman actor and pro wrestler Pepper Martin has died at 85. Um, he passed away on March 18th. I had this in the store line in the, the lineup for last week, but I didn't actually put it in. Um, following, but he's uh, he had a long battle with cancer, and he was surrounded by a family uh, when he died. Apparently, uh, according to this article. Um, if well, I was about to say, if you're watching the video version, you can see the the uh, the character from Superman two in question. Uh, which I thought this was super, for some strange reason. I thought Superman three th- this was from, but I, I don't. And things blend together. So, and I didn't know it was a wrestler. So, but um, yeah, apparently he played Rocky. He was a truck driver. Da 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 da. Like, hey, if you remember Superman two, you'll you'll know who that 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 was probably. Next up. Sorry, I'm getting some apparently breaking news on my phone that's anime related, so I'm trying to read it. So I apologize, folks. Uh, Superman and Lois Season 3 is officially confirmed by the CW, so if you are a fan of that show, Season 3 is in the works. Hey, speaking of, The Flash also got renewed for Season five for season 9. Goodness gracious. Right. Um, and, yes, uh, these are the only two that were relevant to, if I remember correctly, the, the CW um, renewed a bunch of shows. Um, I think these two and a couple other, well, yeah, Riverdale also, but yeah. Um, also got renewed. That would be of some interest to these for folks uh, here. Next up. Misha Collins is set to play Harvey Dent in the CW's Gotham Knights. Okay. Misha Collins is making a return to the CW. The former Supernatural star has signed on to the network's Gotham Knights pilot, where he'll play Gotham City District Attorney Harvey Dent, the erstwhile two-faced. Two-faced, not two-faced. He might be two-faced at some point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of... Um, the... <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Apparently, this is an April Fool's joke. Oh, yeah. That it is... people are playing because April Fool's is right around the corner from us. Yeah, so there is early. some Attack on Titan news that uh, is not real. Yeah, if, if, you, if you are... Live if we're recording on the thirty first, they start early on multi, on April Fools' Fool's Day because I've seen a couple of things recently. Um, <clears throat> to, to be careful, that's why I stopped uh, pulling news last yesterday. Anyway, or the, 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 the yesterday before this recording. So anyway, right. uh, other Gotham Knights news: um, uh, the CW show cast spoiler. So apparently, All American Star. <clears throat> Uh, Anna Lore has been tapped to portray the longtime Batman ally, according to Deadline. Uh, that would be Stephanie Brown, the spoiler. Uh, and she joins everybody else, including the aforementioned uh, Misha Collins uh, in that. Next up. HBO Max released a preview of the upcoming story arc for Young Justice Phantoms. The clip was shared to the Twitter account Hero Mode with the caption, Loyalty should be rewarded. The arc, which appears to be focusing on Aquaman and his supporting cast, takes place on April 20th in an underwater cave near the Kingdom of Atlantis where a guardsman named uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so bottom line is you're getting some new Young Justice Phantoms. Yeah, I need to catch up on that because I I, I know they put a lot of it... Half of the season. Yeah, I'm behind. I've yeah. I've missed out on a lot of that stuff. I, you know, they're, they're putting them out in like these arcs, right? And you know, when I feel like, you know, I'm not on board with the arc, I'll like stop watching, and then that'll be like, you know, weeks or months will go by. 
Yeah, I think I watched like the first couple in that first arc uh, of the season. I'm like, what are they going with this? And uh, and I think I haven't been back since. But I, I guess right, you know, they were on Mars, and then right. something bad happens, and mm-hmm. then I don't know what happens after that. Right, exactly. So I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, I'm, I guess I'll check up on ch- uh, catching on that. Hey, you're um, welcome, folks. We didn't spoil what what that bad thing is. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you're watching it, you are you you probably know more than we do at this point. Um, right. Uh, news from live act- Netflix's live action Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender. Apparently, there's an episode. Not the blue people. No, no. This is definitely the better, uh, ver- the better Avatar. Although it's live wait, wait, action. Wait, wait. Was that a, that, that was a joke in Moon Knight, wasn't it? Oh, for an uh, Avatar reference. Avatar. I don't remember. Um, Didn't they I, make, wait, I watched something where they made a joke about the blue people. And then, uh, or the anime. What was I watching? I, I literally was watching something very recently yeah, that made sure. a joke about that. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if it was like, I, I don't watch that much television. So, you know, it's, uh, I'm surprised that, um, I'm going to look that up. You go ahead. I'm sorry. To okay. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You probably, I, I feel like you're right, but I just don't remember from where. Uh, but anyway, uh, Avatar, the last Airbender star, Paul Sung Hyung Lee, uh, has confirmed an official episode count for the upcoming live action Netflix series. During an interview on Hanson, the handsome genius club radio show, shout out the handsome boy modeling school. Um, which has nothing to do with that, but that's just me being an old head. Uh, Lee revealed that the first season of the uh, series uh, will consist of eight hour long episodes, contradicting previous reports that the season will run a full run, run a 10 episodes. So eight episodes, 60 minutes. You do the math folks. Um, there you go. Next. Yeah, it is moon Knight. Okay. Oscar Isaac makes an Avatar reference in the series premiere of Moon Knight, nice. where he says, "You know, the 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 blue people or the anime." That doesn't. Work. Oh, because you probably were falling, oh. you probably were falling asleep. Unless that was during that. Yeah, unless that was during that couple the uh, twenty minutes. That I, mm-hmm. I fell asleep because I don't remember that during the before that chase. So yeah, hey, I'm sorry to spoil that. No, no, You'll no, get a fine. kick out of watching it though. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. All righty. Next up, uh, TMNT's Kevin Eastman teases a zany new animated series, Biz and Buzz. This is currently in development with the BAFTA-winning Factory Studios. Biz and Buzz recreates the friendship between TMNT co-creator Kevin Eastman and the iconic heavy metal artist Simon Bisley in animated form. The show puts the pair of comics creators in a world where their avatars are wannabe rockers who keep finding themselves in ridiculous circumstances. Stemming from their real-life friendship, the series has been a fresh source of laughs for Eastman, who also recently finished his work on the epic conclusion to the TMNT saga with TMNT The Last Ronin. Okay. Yeah, which we still haven't seen yet, by the way. <laughs> that, right. That, I mean, that takes a long. Yeah, it's like on a bot. It's it's like on it a was bi-monthly. Uh, right. It, no, yeah, it's not even on a. It was bi-monthly basis. Yeah, it's like even longer than that now. Right. So yeah, but yeah, the rest of the article is an interview with uh, Eastman on that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, fin- skip between universes with this clip from this uh, star-studded parallel man. Um. Fennec Chan, well, Fennec Chan from Mandalorian, Spike from Cowboy Bebop, and Silence from Horizon Zero Da, or Silence, Silence, I don't know, are teaming up for a new universe-hopping adventure. Uh, not only, not one that links those franchises, unfortunately, but for uh, for a short called Parallel, Li- Parallel Man Infinite Pursuit. It's about a super soldier trying to save the universe with the ability to jump between parallel Earths. And there's an ex- exclusive clip on this... Um, uh, in this article. So yeah, uh, 
um, Ming-Na Wen, John Cho, uh, Lance Reddick, uh, and some other people are in this show, show. I didn't get a chance to check it out, but uh, yeah, that's coming. I think that's coming soon. Oh, it's a, yeah, it is a short, and uh, it's going to debut. Actually, it's already debuted on March 28th, and uh, then there's going to be another one on April 18th called uh, Oceanus Act 1, which is a live-action short. Um, so, yeah, and it's on Dust, whatever that streaming service is. Next up. Every few years, you can count on hearing the news a live-action Voltron movie might be in the works. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, the latest person to attempt to bring the franchise back is Red Notice director Rawson Marshall Thurber. Hot off of uh, one of Netflix's biggest films ever, Thurber will co-write and direct a new pitch on Voltron that's currently being shopped around the major studios. Reportedly, Warner Brothers, Universal, and Amazon are among the interested parties, but of note, Netflix is not. Netflix is where fans can find the most recent iteration of the franchise, uh, the Voltron Legendary Defender cartoon. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the live-action Voltron has very much cropped up of, of plenty of times in the last actual decade. So it's kind of crazy that it's coming up again. Um, mm-hmm. Now we get into Anime Corner. Okay, one second. In honor of what has been deemed April Fool's news, still going to play some Attack on Titan stuff. Get patriotic for a country that does not exist. Yes. Crunchyroll to stream Shoot! Goal to the Future soccer anime. So Crunchyroll announced that it streamed the aforementioned title. Uh, The first new anime based on uh, Tsukasa uh, Oshima's soccer-themed manga Shoot! in 28 years uh, in July. So this is upcoming in July. The company will stream the anime in North America, Central America, South America, Europe, Africa, everywhere pretty much. Pretty much almost everywhere. Um, so yeah, soccer anime, although there has been another one previous to this that probably has nothing to do with this. Uh, catch it if you like your sports animes. Next. Okay. I mean, I love I, I love Haikyuu. Uh, we'll see if I can get into the soccer. Yeah, we don't know if it's going to be on that line or not. We, who's, who's to say? So. <laughs> I mean, thanks to Ted Lasso, I have an, uh, uh, a better idea of, of how to pay attention to soccer. But, mm. uh, you know, we'll see if this anime, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, helps it out. Yeah. So, all right, next up, uh, Netflix's Pacific Rim anime wraps up in April. So the spinoff that Netflix debuted set in the Pacific Rim world uh came out last year and next month the series will be coming to an end i have not watched this the second and final season of pacific rim the black is coming to the streaming service on april 19th and is described as the epic conclusion for the story okay i think i started watching this but i don't think i ever finished it like i remember watching a couple episodes of this but then it was like i'll come back to this so yeah um Food Wars, Dan, uh, Dan Machi, uh, Nozaki-kun, and more to be delisted from 
Crunchyroll. And in fact, that is of today, as of the time of this recording, March 31st. So Crunchyroll announced that over 50 titles will be leaving its uh, streaming service before the end of the month, uh, like I said, on to this aforementioned day. The streaming service did not offer an explanation for the series removal, but it's worth noting. Actually, there was, um, uh, I believe there was note that it was most stuff from Sentai Filmworks uh, that are leaving uh, there, and they are all going over to High Dive, which is another streaming service of anime proportion. Uh, excuse me. Uh, and that's that may or may not be the reason why all of these are being uh, delisted from are leaving Crunchyroll. So out with the well, out with some stuff, and I guess in with a whole lot of other stuff that this is coming. On. There's a list of stuff that is leaving. The only thing that was of, of note to me was Food Wars. Um, I believe Food Wars, the first couple of seasons spe- specifically, the rest of the seasons may still be on there because I think it's there five seasons. Um, Akami Gakil, I think, is one people have liked. Outside of that, I don't know too many, too many of these other ones. But hey, you can uh, check out the list for yourself in the uh, show notes. Next up, so in a money move, Crunchyroll announced on Friday that it will no longer offer free ad-supported viewing, starting with its spring 2022 season lineup. Crunchyroll will instead require that viewers have a subscription to access new and continuing simulcasts. The first three episodes of the following spring 2022 titles will be available for free ad-supported viewing for a limited time. I'm not going to name them because they're not here. Update, Crunchyroll reached out to Anime News Network with a comment stating that episodes of anime prior to the spring season will still be available to watch for free with ads. The company added that it will continue to make new content available for free with ads and that it is only stopping the automatic free availability of all simulcast content. Crunchyroll previously allowed free ad-supported streaming for simulcast titles one week after an episode premiered. Actually, yeah, you just reminded me of something. I will put in the show notes because the the, the I think we talked about the spring uh, the spring titles. One of which is Five Times Family, which is on that list. But the rest of them, I have no right. idea about. But the trailers, there was a a playlist of the trailers. If you haven't seen them before now, that I will put in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an update that said that um, anime prior to the spring season will still be available to watch free with ad, ad, um, ads. That's later right. on down in this article. So right, this is just a way to get the people who you know want the new stuff to to sign up, especially if they were on Funimation like me. So right. yeah, pretty much. So next up, um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure reveals a trailer from Stone Ocean Part Two, Two, Two. So yeah, there's a new trailer for the for the current season of um, series of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, it was revealed after the Japanese broadcast of episode twelve of Stone Ocean anime and shared online by somebody on Twitter uh, says the the trailer does not include a premiere date for the new episodes which is expected to be announced during uh, Netflix anime event scheduled for March 26 which is, has already happened but I don't think I've seen uh, that particular date so next up Bandai Namco Group unveiled a new teaser video and visual for Mobile Suit Gundam The Witch from Mercury uh the first new Gundam television anime series in seven years during its Gundam conference on Tuesday. The video reveals the anime's protagonist, the first ever female hero in a main Gundam television anime series, as well as her mobile suit, the Gundam Ariel. Okay. I did not know that Gundam had not put out anything new, had not put out any new anime in seven whole years. Yep. I want to say, yeah, because... 
I, and I guess that must not be counting um um I don't know if that is counting um Hathaway. I'm not sure if that is or not. I don't think it is. Regardless, but yeah, it's, it's been a minute, and I think this is our anniversary, so you know that we're going to put something out. So, <clears throat> at some, whether or I think that might have been last year. I can't remember. It's, it's, this year, last year was is the Guns anniversary. Either way, um, so yeah, look forward to that. And now we're over. Now we're going to go to the comic book news. A Ghostbusters multiplayer game announcement trailer gives Winston and Ray new uh, roles. So the Predator Hunter Grounds developer Ilphonic, shout out to Raphael Steak, uh, dropped an announcement trailer for its upcoming Ghostbusters asymmetric multiplayer game titled um, Ghostbusters Spirit Unleashed. The trailer, uh, which is on this article, has narration from classic team member uh, Winston Zedmore, who is recruiting and training the next generation of paranormal ghost catchers. Uh, so I guess it sounds like what they were doing with that, uh, what was that Ghostbusters show? Um, Extreme Ghostbusters? Whatever, training up a new set of folks? Or whatever the IDW series that they would end up doing? Either way, um, and there was also some gameplay in this, and uh, it's four versus one, you know, like some of those other games like Predator and and stuff, stuff, stuff. If you like those type games, there you go. Next. <clears throat> Apologies. Xbox and Razer team up for Captain America themed controller. So this is an Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. So Microsoft and Razer team up for the special limited edition Captain America themed controller. So is this this is supposed to be Sam, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't I see a picture of the actual controller. It's on there. Yeah, it's, a, it's in the article um, on a tweet. Oh. oh, it's on a tweet. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, if you're watching the video version, you can see it. It looks like kind of pretty much looks like uh Sam's uh uh Sam's suit with on a base that is the shield. So that's not bad looking if you're if you're uh, into it. So but yeah, um probably gonna be eighty ninety dollars more than likely. I don't know how much to do. Oh, wait, nope, nope, sorry. Uh Razor's website and other retailers for $179.99. Damn. That's expensive. Yes, it is. And and the elite controllers are not even that well. They can't get up to that much, but they're not normally that much. But that's probably an elite controller also, which is pretty much their high high end um, controller that you can customize. But you probably can't customize that one. Regardless, Cameron Monaghan's um, uh, debuts uh, Jedi Fallen Order's legacy lightsaber for Disney Galaxy Edge. In fact, I've seen this. Uh, apparently people have gotten theirs, have risked COVID and gone to Galaxy's Edge and gotten their own. But uh, according to official Disney Parks blog, the Cal Sisters Legacy lightsaber hilt will be available for purchase at uh, Doc Andara's, uh located inside Galaxy's Edge at both Disneyland Resort and Disney World Resort starting uh, this past Friday, March 25th. Cameron Monaghan, uh, who portrayed Cal in the in Jedi Fallen Order, even paid a visit to Galaxy's Edge to celebrate the launch. And there's a video about that if you're so inclined to check that out. Next. All right. A new book from Insight Editions is going to look at exploring Tatooine. It's going to take, event, uh, take readers on a desert journey. Uh, it's an all-ages book coming August 2022. And showcase all the landmarks, grand arenas, and watering holes made famous by the iconic desert-covered locale, which some people are just tired of going back to, let's be honest. Yes. But uh, let's see how much this is. 
Gotta open up the article. All right. Does it say where how much it is? Uh, I don't believe it does actually. Oh, okay. It's waiting for it to load. It's taking its sweet time. Yeah, it just says when it's it's available for pre order. So there's probably a, there's a link to it to where it, how much it is. Um, thirty four ninety nine. Ah, thirty four ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. Next up, August 22, 2022. Um, oh yeah, uh, Shang Chi's Simu Liu refuses to sign Master of Kung Fu Comics. So, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, so, y'all know who that is. But um, Simba Leo was at, or I guess will be at Awesome Con this year. Uh, but he has a stipulation in his contract that said that he will not be um, signing any copies of the Masters of Kung Fu Freaks. That is the 70s um, uh, volumes of uh, Shang-Chi's book, because for obvious reasons, probably. Uh, stipulation was added to his upcoming events at uh, Awesome Con that he will not, like I said, uh, or other comics deemed offensive, uh, according to this article. So that would probably be most of the stuff from back in the 70s. Um, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the, the book did evolve. Right. Um, it's a shame because, you know, a lot of people look back on those books and, and understand the mm-hmm. context that they were written in. Mm-hmm. Now, but at the same time, they're not his character. So right. I can understand why he doesn't want to sign, you know, like the traditional Shang-Chi uh, books. Right. So. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, like, this is like, yeah, this is legit. So probably more than, so if you couldn't also have the newer uh, volumes, which are actually pretty good. So you should check them out anyway. Um, right. I was about to say, if, you know, it's too bad. I don't think these books will be out by the time... Uh, uh, the, you know this next announcement. The books in this next announcement. I oh, think he'll yeah. be willing to sign these because Marvel is relaunching the Shang Chi series that is out now as Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Yeah. Uh, but they're really not doing too much to change the the, the 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 direction of the story because what what ends up happening is that the current series is just ending and it's relaunched with the very next issue. Uh, you know, what would have been issue number 13 is going to be an issue number one. And it's the same creative team. DK Ruan comes back um, on, on covers. Marcus Toe is going to stay on art with Gene Nguyen Yang uh, uh, as the writer. So not much is really going to change. It's just going to rebrand it. And it makes sense that they're going to, you know, really make it, you know, uh, uh, you know, throw in that corporate synergy with the uh, MCU here. Yeah, but I hate I mean, we, yeah. we we've talked about this. We don't need to necessarily go into it, but they've been they've been pr- pretty much putting making MCU stuff, um, putting MCU stuff in the uh, in the the comic books. Mm-hmm. So we and we knew this was coming. In fact, we probably even said as much. Right. So. Well, especially a, a change like this. Right. You know, some of the minor changes. You know, we're we're willing to slide. We're willing to let slide <clears> because <throat> it doesn't change the character per se. But this is a big change to the character because, for the most part, he's been a hand to hand fighter only, right. and now he's wielding a weapon that puts him on par with some of the major, you know, some of the major major weapon wielders like, you know, like the original Mandarin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there is that. Um, 
And like I said, this is this is no stranger to that because they've changed books before. Uh, speaking of, I'm gonna throw this in here real quick. Speaking of DK Ruan, um, DK Ruan uh, celebrates Shang Chi, Miss Marvel, and more in new AAI, uh, AAPI Heritage variant covers. Normally, I would have probably put that in the, in the cover uh, variant cover section, but I figured, hey, why not? Uh, this May, Marvel Comics honors uh, Asian Pacific American Heritage Month with variant covers highlighting some of its most prominent Asian and AAPI characters. Uh, the some of which are the aforementioned ones, uh, and includes Sunfire, Wong, Wave, and Mondo. Wait, who's Mondo? Uh, Generation X. He's um, oh, Hawaiian dude. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, um, obviously, this... he's playing, he's, obviously he's getting more play now with uh, Krakoa because they're bringing everybody back. Oh, that dude. Okay. Yeah, now I'm seeing a picture of him. Yes, I do remember him from uh, the, the recent, uh, not recent, but New, uh, New Mutants he's been in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Anyway, uh, I'll put this in the, in the show notes, uh, but I'm going to take this next one anyway. Uh, Epic Thor art previews spoilers massive funeral in issue 750. So, um, apparently take, uh, taking place in the aftermath of the God of uh, Hammers storyline, Thor 24, from Danny Cates and Nick. Wait, has that come out yet, or is that coming? That what, hasn't, 750? Hasn't yeah. So, no, it's uh, coming out. Okay. Uh, it hasn't, so, hasn't come out yet, you know. Gotcha. But the but the funeral they're talking mm. about, obviously, the the death has already happened. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So yeah. Um. Thor twenty four, which is also seven fifty, is going to be a seventy four page epic honoring seven hundred fifty thunderous issues of Thor. Uh, the and there's the plot synopsis here, which I don't know if the if that is a. So you said the spoiler. It's already happened yet. So basically, uh, someone dies. I guess we don't mm-hmm. want to say who. Was. Yeah, we don't have to talk about it gotcha. because I I don't think I spoiled it when it happened. So gotcha. So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna stay spoiler free on that, yeah, you know, somebody dies and you can probably guess who it is, regardless of one way or the other, I suppose. Uh, but yeah. There's art from the from the 750 slash uh, 24th issue, and uh, it's in this article if you are so inclined to check it out. Next. Right, so here's some interesting art news, art book news. Todd McFarlane's iconic Spider-Man run is landing a gorgeous IDW artist edition. So I was a big fan of this run. I have a Todd McFarlane art book that has a lot of these images but not to the size of an artist edition which is beautiful to look at and uh, idw publishing announced that todd mcfarlane's spider-man artist edition will collect nearly 100 pages of interior design from 24 issues of mcfarlane and david michelini's or michelini's time on the amazing spider-man the edition also includes 60 pages from mcfarlane's spider-man series and 25 amazing spider-man spider-man marvel age and marvel tales covers among others um you know these artist editions are not cheap. They are hardbound, hardcover inbound. They are really nice to have. They, I, you know what? I actually don't have a mine on my bookshelf because they're gigantic. But um, you know, and I don't want to ruin the uh, the spines of them. But uh, you know, I definitely enjoy mine. I'm looking for the release date and pricing on this. So it's available for pre-order at booksellers. The edition releases on September 21st from IDW Publishing. Uh, these generally run in the low 100s. Mm. Okay. It's usually like 
you know, it, 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 they start at ninety nine, but now obviously with the, the the way costs have risen, especially for paper, it's probably going to be like one hundred twenty five. Right. Gotcha. That's my guess. I'm, I'm I'm scanning this article looking for it. And I do not see it. Yeah. Uh, safe to say, hundred at least one hundred thirty. Yeah, I, I, at least one hundred twenty five, if not more. Yeah. You know, maybe one hundred fifty. It depends. Yeah. We'll oh, see. Wait. Yeah. There's a link. Yeah, it is not. It's definitely not going to be cheap. But you know, I'm definitely going to consider getting this because 150. Uh, it is 150. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could probably yeah, you might be able to find it cheaper it. elsewhere, but yeah, that's the that's the this price. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so twenty first. It, it is. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I mean, like you said, they're yeah they're. They're, they're lengthy. Yeah, they're mostly, listen, they're, like, if you're a fan of the art and you really want to see the art up close in its most raw form, you know, like in its inked, you know, pencil and ink form, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I absolutely love my Jim Lee one and I've got two Walter Simonson ones and I think this Spider-Man uh, McFarlane one is going to be, you know, just as good. Mm. I recall that that era and I probably still have some of those, some issues, but yeah, I don't, I'm I don't know. I might. I would probably, but that's, that is rather pricey. But we do. Think about, I was about to say, we do have review copies. All right. Do we have one? Oh, do we, we have do have a review copy of the Jim Lee one. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. We did. I think. I, yeah, I do remember that. But um, we did but get no, that. I mean, so you know, we can we can view it right. virtually. We can view right. it online. But uh, there is definitely something to be said for looking at it in right. hand, and it is just super nice to look at. Right. I'm trying to think of an artist uh, edition I would actually get, but no, that's another conversation for another time. Uh, right. Todd McFarlane plans 15 Spawn collections in 2022. Speaking of Todd McFarlane, um, it says uh, Image Comics is scheduling 15 collector editions for this year alone and more in 2023. Uh, there are some coll- uh, continuations of the existing series, including the Spawn Origins trade paperback and some other stuff. Uh, and some new stuff with um, King Spawn, which I think is a newer series, and some other uh, uh, other stuff. So yeah, a lot of Spawn's collected stuff that's going to be happening uh, this year. Next up. Image Comics is honoring its 30th anniversary of its first titles. 30th anniversary <laughs> of Image's first titles. It's... Oh, we talked about that though. I feel like we've talked about this. Ooh, I... <laughs> Ooh, I'm dying. Thank you, bugs. <laughs> All right. Uh, Image Comics turns the clock back to 1992. Oh my. God, 30 years ago. 1992, the number. Oh, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh, my God. I got to say that uh, that one-shot book the, that uh, I can't remember what his name was, but the history of uh, image uh, that we talked about few weeks yeah. back that is, is a quite interesting book definitely uh all right so yeah let me finish the story before i completely lose it so 
Image Comics turns the clock back to 1992 with The Phalanx, a new one-shot from writer-artist Jonathan Luna. Following a successful Kickstarter campaign, The Phalanx number 1 is set to hit comic shops on Wednesday, June 1st. The one-shot serves as an homage to the uh, Image independent comic titles that first launched Image 30 years ago. Oy. <laughs> oh my god. Look at these covers. Oh, his Ryder Cat is probably scrolling through them. My goodness. Yep, he is. Oh my goodness. That is the Wildcats. That's an homage to the Wildcats number one issue, too. Jesus. So, yeah. Um, yeah, folks. Um, there you go. That's, that's there. It'll be in the show notes if you're interested. Um, Poison Ivy's new series is a serious love story with Harley Quinn. Um, so yeah, Poison Ivy's newest series due to be released in June delves into her on again, off again relationship with, uh, Harley Quinn while also touching upon themes of climate change and body horror, you know, uh, writer G Willow Wilson hinted that the relationship will be one of the main focuses of the upcoming series. This is probably where my interest in this book starts and or ends. Because it's your willow whistle. Uh, quote unquote, this is in many ways a love story, she told Entertainment Weekly. Uh, I feel like that's not giving too much away because she says it's on the very first page of the book. So I think hands of the Harley uh, Ivy romance will be pleased because I think there's no question that her relationship with Harley is now the central defining relationship of this character. Uh, and the article kind of goes on from, or the, the quote goes on from there, but I will not. So next up. Next up. So in a book that came out this week, a new trailer for oh, Batman sorry. Beyond the White Knight promises an ex- explosive Civil War in Neo Gotham. So the White Knight was set up to be kind of a political thriller. Curse was set up to be a pol- historical thriller. And this will be a sci-fi thriller. Writer-artist Sean Gordon Murphy says in the video. Okay, so not going to talk too much about this because yeah, the book is out this week. It. And I already talked but, about it. Right. But at the end of the day, there is a trailer that you can go watch if you follow this link in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC revealed which A-list uh, superhero has become its Vampire King, which is a uh, spoiler alert from this, I think this week's uh, DC versus Vampires number six. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it because neither one of us are watching, reading this. It's Nightwing. Go figure. Uh, I don't know the, 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 uh, the, the impetus behind that and I'm not reading the book. Don't even care. Next up. <laughs> but I figured that was interesting to somebody. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's 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 like an out of continuity, yeah, you know, variant well. universe right. or whatever. Yeah, you know, but that's funny though. All right, DC, yeah, DC launches a 2022 round robin competition with no Batman titles. So, uh, DC is hosting another round robin competition to determine its next series beginning March 29th. So it's already begun at 12.15 p.m. Eastern Time. Fans can be, can vote in round one, which pits various potential titles such as Hawkman and Hawkwoman, The Changeling, Suicide Squad, Dark, Constantine, and The Demon, Vacation from Hell, and more against one another. Round one lasts until April 3rd, so you can vote still right now. And for round two, DC will unveil the creative team's pitches and cover art. Voting for that round lasts from April 5th to 10th, and votes for all rounds can be made through DC's Twitter and Instagram accounts, as well as DC Universe Infinite. Voting ends on May 17th, and the winner will debut in September as a digital first series on DC Universe Infinite before arriving in print and on Comixology in October. Are you a subscriber to DC Universe Infinite? Yes. Okay. I resubscribed uh, fairly recently when they had that deal. Um, okay. I've, I've actually been reading some, some stuff on there, actually, uh, funny enough. Good. So, yeah, so this DC Ryan Roberts thing happened last year. Uh, I don't know if this was a particular reason why there's no Bat Books, but a 
Fat Family book did end up winning. And in fact, that book is out there on DC uh, Infinite and the Comicsology, if I'm not mistaken. Because I did see the first issue of that book, but I was like, oh, okay. And I think it's in around the Robins, uh, if I remember correctly. But there were some other books that I was kind of more interested in about than that. And none of those books made it. So go figure. Um, also, it's called Round Robins. What, who, what were you expecting <laughs> going to uh, going to win in that, that particular instance? Anyway, uh, DC's first Dark Crisis art uh, confirms several major Justice League moments are still canon. So a preview of, of DC's uh, Dark Crisis Zero uh, Free Comic Book Day Special Edition shared by writer Joshua Williamson highlights the long history of the Justice League and confirms that the several important moments in this team's history are still canon going forward. So I don't think I've seen... There's a art page on here, but not the... the uh, oh, I guess this is the thing with Starro. Okay, and sure. Okay, anyway, so some stuff on there. Um, Williamson posted a preview page uh, on his Twitter uh, account. And it features art from Jim Chung and shows several iconic moments from Justice League history, including their uh, battle with Starro. Um, so, yeah, you can check that out in the article and uh, the free comic book day book zero is coming when that happens. Next. Next up. So apparently they're doing a Japanese inspired story with the Witcher character, the Witcher Ronin, to be collected this October. So Geralt will take on creatures from Japanese-inspired myths and legends in The Witcher Ronin. So this is a Dark Horse Comics and CD Projekt Red uh, collaboration, which presents a new story in The Witcher universe based on the rich traditions of Japanese folklore. Okay. Uh, the trade paperback collects the main story arc of the successfully kickstarted manga and sports a new cover by Jim Bartel. It will be in comic shops October 19th and in bookstores November 1st, 2022. It's available for pre-order on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and at your local comic shop and bookstore. All right. Uh, First look at Magic the Hidden Planeswalker number one from Boom Studios. So, yeah, there's another um, uh, Magic the Gathering book. I think this is a mini... uh, Yeah, it's a four-issue comic book series. Uh, from comic book and screenwriter Marguerite Scott, artist uh, Fabiana Mascolo, and uh, colorist Francesco Segala, um, with uh, Egg Dutshire and Gloria Martinelli also on the creative team. Uh, this is centered around Liliana Vess, who fans of Magic the Gathering will most likely know. Um, and the hidden planeswalkers she discovered who will change the fate of the entire multiverse forever. And it will be available in April 2021. There are some preview shots if you're interested in the show notes in this article. Next. Power Rangers just answered a huge fan question about the TV show. Really? You can't handle the truth! The latest issue of Boom Studios is Mighty Morphin finally gives fans a look at King Aradon, who was mentioned but never seen in Power Rangers Zeo. Nearly 25 years after Power Rangers Zeo went off the air, fans are finally getting a glimpse of the unseen villain King Aradon. Zeo was a huge shift for the Power Rangers franchise, adapted from the, the blah 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 Zeo was the first time <laughs> the series title and Rangers uniforms would be changed, a practice adopted from Super Sentai. Uh... Yeah, so Mighty Morphin number 17 finds the Power Rangers in this situation where they finally reveal this character. So, um, 
I think. Yeah, the character only existed as a piece of exposition, and it was transformed in the comics into a terrifying new enemy for the Power Rangers. Okay. Yeah, I want to say that. No, it's probably coming out. I, I thought that issue that already came out. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I need to catch up on that stuff. Yes, it's, it's spoilers for Mighty Morphin number 17. So my my guess is that it's already out. Right. Um, <clears throat> last but not least, Comixology rolls out updates uh, following angry user feedback. And boy, has there been a lot. So yeah, the popular, popular digital comic book retailer of Comixology was recently folded into Amazon. We already know this. Uh, transition was far from smooth one. Definitely true. Uh, in response to the backlash, back, backlash from users, Comixology is now rolling out a number of updates and fixes to its app and Amazon storefront. Uh, I just went to that storefront. It still looks like Amazon, so they didn't really do anything there. Um, we've been busy making updates since the launch of our updated Comixology app and new store. We've listened to your feedback and will continue to share updates and new features as they launch. They could have kept the old site. That's all I'm saying. Uh, this is just the beginning, according to the end of this quote. So, yeah. Um, yeah, people had, did not like this new, uh, the, the fact that it folded into Amazon and, uh, the fact that, um, yeah, it's kind of more difficult to navigate than it was, uh, and not saying it was because it wasn't, but it was, it's kind of hard to navigate once it, uh, once it, uh, got folded into Amazon and I don't know why they changed it. There we go. And that's it folks. Um, we got one more ad read. Our last ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. Top Cow did a Battle of the Planets uh, comic book. Anyway, uh, they did. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't, didn't know that. I meant to check that out. It's a while. It was a long time ago. Now, uh, yeah, it says 2003 according to this article. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I meant to check that out. Anyway, um, uh, this has been uh, Comic Book Chronicles, folks. Thank you all for each, for your coming out. We'll be back next week, of course, with uh, you know more Moon Knight, more comics, all that kind of good Joe jazz, uh, and whatever else happens to come across in the that's not fake news from uh, April Fool's Day. Exactly, and not talking about anybody getting smacked for some joke. Oh Jesus! Um, actually, never mind. I was about to say there was a a a, uh, a smack in that Batman uh, what, the White Knight book that I was going to mention in reference to that but I decided not to and here I just did it so uh, anyway uh, I have been Roddy Cat and you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter you can find me at News News Need on Twitter you can find me at CB Caps on Instagram Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram uh, PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter PopCultureNet on Twitter PopCultureNetwork.com and Zombrella sites therein uh, 
Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Cumber Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's V-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, all one word. Uh, and, of course, uh, comicbook.com, where he's over there writing his face off. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's ESPN.us. Do it today. Where cold slither, you'll be joined us soon. Boy, remember them days, huh? Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, you can also find us on your podcast brutal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the, Co- or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Um, sorry, I blanked for a second. Uh, every week. We go live Thursdays, 9.30 p.m., 9.30-ish p.m. on uh, The Click Nation's uh, YouTube channel and uh, twitch.tv slash chronicles. all one word. Please give us a follow. And with that, we say to you goodbye, Alvita Zane, all that. Uh, we'll be back next week. This has been uh, The Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. I love it when a plan comes together. Would you believe-